cutting-edge research by some of the brightest scientific minds is conducted daily in Yukonuba's state-of-the-art pet health and nutrition center. Dog food trends come and go, but for half a century, Yukonuba has focused on next-level quality driven by science. Add in relationships with top trainers, breeders, and industry partners, and the extraordinary potential inside every dog is unleashed. At Yukonuba, we put your dog's health and performance first. Learn more at yukonubasportingdog.com. It's the Our Outside Podcast from the Minority Outdoor Alliance. I'm Ashley Smith. And I'm Darrell Smith. What is Our Outside Podcast? What do we value as individuals? What do we value as an organization? So that's what we're going to be talking about here. We ask ourselves that as your host. We ask ourselves that as the founders of our nonprofit, the Minority Outdoor Alliance. We're asking ourselves a number of key questions that we think may give our growing audience context and clarity on what it means to bring the unlikely to the outdoors, while simultaneously defining what the active sporting outdoors is. What does that mean? We touch on some highlights from the 2021 Minority Outdoor Alliance Festival, Uh, also hashtag MOA Fest that's just going to get better as we grow throughout the years. We're so excited about that. And we talk about some of our major takeaways from such a momentous and exciting occasion. So definitely join us next year because that's just going to get bigger and better. But we definitely recap that a bit. And throughout the episode, we hope to give you a glimpse into our future plans and initiatives to continue creating conversations that will lead to more diversity, equity, and inclusion in the active outdoors and encourage more communities of color to participate in the conservation of land and water. Our Outside is supported by Pheasants Forever, whose mission is to conserve pheasants, quail, and other wildlife through habitat improvements, public access, education, and conservation advocacy. Learn more at pheasantsforever.org. Our Outside is also supported by the S. Kent Rockwell Foundation, where together we can make a change. The S. Kent Rockwell Foundation is dedicated to working with others in order to continue to rehabilitate, preserve, and maintain our world's most precious natural environments and benefit societal and humanitarian needs. This podcast is also supported by our partners at the Theodore Roosevelt Conservation Partnership, who aim to guarantee all Americans quality places to hunt and fish. In 1912, Roosevelt said there can be no greater issue than that of conservation in this country. Learn more about TRCP at trcp.org. Miss Ashley, we are here on the Our Outside podcast. This is the first episode of the new Minority Outdoor Alliance podcast. Um, and and we harp on, on bringing the unlikely to the active sporting outdoors. That's, the, that's this piece of bringing the unlikely to the outdoors, so we're being specific. And 
I really want to, before we really get deep into the weeds, I really want to open up with, with the celebration of the Minority Outdoor Alliance Festival. What'd you, uh, what were some of the takeaways? Tell, tell, tell us about it. Absolutely. Well, I can't wait to hear your take on it, too. Of course, we've, we've been debriefing about it just in general. But we just had so much fun, man. Like, I, I think that's the number one thing for me. I would say if I had to, like, break it down, I would say fun family and future oh that that just rattled off the top of the dome that was not planned but it's the it's the actual truth <laughs> fun family and future fun and the fact that we just had a great time with awesome people outdoors doing really dope stuff right family in it that in it that our family was there you know what I mean and you know they were pitching in and enjoying themselves my godmother shot a clay like what that was cool to see you could have never told me that my godmother would like shoot a clay and had a great time doing it and my parents were there our kids were there my aunt was there my cousin I mean like you know just our our family so it felt good to see that and it felt good to see other families there as well and as as we continue to grow and that goes into my point about the future we hope to see more families there we're going to make it you know, more inclusive for, for kids and have more activities for kids too. This year, the kids were just having a great time running around outdoors because that's really all the kids need, the outdoors. And we had bubbles and they really lost it and had a great time. Um, but I see the kids section growing as well as everything else. So as far as on the point of the future, I am so happy and grateful and excited for this beautiful future um, that we are being blessed to to bring together with so many awesome people because we have a fantastic support base and just phenomenal sponsors that we're so grateful for and just organizations that are supporting us. And we're excited about the future of conservation and the future of um, constructive con um, conversations around conservation and equity and the active outdoors. So I just think we got a great, a bright future around us. What about you? What do you think? Well, so that this festival, this being the first of what we surely know now will be um, an annual thing. Um, what what I took away was the fact that we really, truly did accomplish seeing unlikely characters. You know, I I I, I harp on this, and you know, I, you knew I was probably gonna bring this one up because I ain't stopped talking about it since I was there. But when we talk about black and brown people, like I think sometimes even that is dismissive of Middle Eastern people. I think sometimes we don't think of the, and I think sometimes we get lost in in the spectrum of the outdoors that is black and white. Yeah. Like I, I, we just, we, I think we don't see the entire thing in this festival showed the entire gamut of diverse, you know, groups and people. Um, in addition to, we had people that were willing to go out of their way to come and support us from the Texas game wardens that came all the way out, yeah. out and, and so love right. And they were from the, that, uh, Lone Star law show. Matter of fact, it was kind of so cool. Dope. Um, and you know, the other piece was, of course, for me, the dogs, like for me, it was being able to show my unlikely story in a very concrete way. And 
to introduce, you know, the the larger, broader public of 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 underrepresented people to introduce them to a history that's so near and dear to me and and put it, you know, front and center. So what I think the festival did was open everyone's eyes to the idea that we can include, you know, our cultures in the conversations. And the other piece that stood out to me was the fact that so many people simply were able to let their guard down. That was something that was expressed um, multiple times from different people, you know, on different occasions. So I heard that, and that was something that I really, really enjoyed. But, you know, so let's let's get into Our Outside and the Minority Outdoor Alliance. Ashley, what, what is... What does it mean to you to bringing the unlikely outdoors? Like what stories and perceptions might you have to share in regards to that? Sure. So I love to tell people that um, our tagline is the bomb.com for a number of reasons. It's the bomb.com because it's true. Right. And I think, you know, those of you that have been following Darrell's journey from the very beginning, like we don't, We don't make up stuff like everything that we talk about is really like truly our story. It's authentic. You know, this man just started the Gundog Notebook podcast because he's obsessed with bird dogs and he likes to talk about it and he likes to write about it. Like that's just the truth. Right. So bringing the unlikely to the outdoors is just another birth of the authenticity. Right. So it the authenticity is that we were unlikely in different ways. I tell people I'm as unlikely as it comes when it comes to being the the outdoors. My husband's shaking his head because it's true. Like we, we met when we were 12. So he can attest to this from a long standing standpoint that, you know, and this isn't follow me here as I tell my story, because I don't want anybody to think anything different. This is just like my truth. Right. So I was raised as a very girly girl, right? Like, so I'm one of three girls. I'm the oldest. And my parents had us in etiquette classes. You know, I grew up, you know, I was in like the old school etiquette classes, like books on my head, you know, going through all the courses of the meals and learning different languages. I went from there to piano, classical piano class and to ballet, you know, so I had a very girly girl upbringing and you just could not have told 16 year old me who was getting her hair done and just in this world that I enjoy, right? Cause I'm still that girl. I still get my hair done. I still get my nails done. I still enjoy those things. You couldn't have told 16 year old me that I would be a whole like outdoors woman in my own right. Right. Because I found my own passion and connection to it. Um, so I love it because everyone's unlikely in their own way. And so it's not just about skin color. It's about experience and history and what you come from. And like I said, I I didn't see myself being this person. But I think, um, you know, I thank God for my husband for another a, a number of reasons, obviously. But I, I'm grateful for you uh, for finding this passion for our family because I just enjoy experiencing wonder. I think when we become adults, that if you're not intentional about seeking wonder, that you, you can miss that, right? So, like, um, if you watch a child, 
like our children can go outside and they pick up a leaf and like, oh my God, like this leaf is the best thing in the entire world. Like mommy, smell the flowers. Daddy, smell the flowers. Like that's all August wants us to do. Avery, you know, he's stomping on the leaves and listening to him crunch. They're experiencing wonder. They're experiencing creation. And as adults, when we get when we get locked into the concrete and the cars and the responsibilities and, and just everything that comes with being an adult, if we don't intentionally seek wonder, we miss that part of what our souls and what our spirits need, right? So I thank you for finding this outlet for our family because I get to experience wonder and creation and inspiration and solace on a level that would have been missing from my life. So you enhance my life in that way. Um, and not only do I get to experience as an individual, but we get to experience it together, right? We could experience wonder together. And, you know, as our kids grow up, they can experience it too. I tell people, you know, to me, some of the most beautiful places on this planet, you got to work to get to. You got to take a boat. You got to take a hike. You got to take a walk. And um, one of the most beautiful scenes in my head is when we went um, whitewater rafting in the Adirondacks and we didn't have our phones because we were whitewater rafting. And I wanted my phone so bad because it was just so beautiful. But we took like, we ate lunch in either the middle of the Hudson or the Indian. I can't remember which part we were on right now. But there was this like, I can't, I don't even know if I have the words to express. There was a structure where you could see raw materials plastered onto a large um painting of rock with like blue granite coming out of it it was phenomenal and I was just like I want to take a picture of this and I don't have a phone and Darrell was like just enjoy yourself like some things between you and nature are just between you and nature but though that experience is so vivid in my head I can picture it right now so uh that I am unlikely and I'm so glad that I was unlikely and I'm so happy and excited to bring other unlikely people outdoors. Like, sh- we're all the people who, I'm, I'm not necessarily like, you know, I'm very, we're authentic here, so we tell the truth. You know, I'm not necessarily looking to shoot animals or shoot birds. Like, that's not my thing. But I walk, and I get out there, and I experience nature on my own level, right? And our goal here is to bring people who not only want to enjoy nature, but take care of it. And together we can take care of it all together. So why are you unlikely, Darrell? I almost said your middle name. You want me to say your middle name on the podcast? Uh, <laughs> you know, we're going we gonna, to we gonna leave that one hanging. <laughs> we'll leave that for the people that want to go look for my artwork. How about that? Okay. We're going to plug the artwork. Yeah. So why am I unlikely? Um, You and I are, are old Atlanta. I say that all the time. And... I there were no bird dogs in in Atlanta. There was no conversation about that. And and me coming up in high school, um, there were friends of mine that you know they hunted, they they bird hunted especially. And I I didn't know what it was. And and I the long and short of it is, I found my way to a Publix, and just because, frankly, just because I like gardening gun. I picked up the magazine. Um, of course, it's an outdoors magazine, and I just think the stars aligned then, and mm-hmm. I ended up landing on the page with Neil and Curtis, and it was an article by Erwin Greenstein, and and uh, I said I want to be like those guys, and I I 
cold called a Sincola plantation. And that's where my story started. You know, it was, there was no knowledge. I didn't, I taught myself this whole thing more or less. And, and I found the right mentors and the right leadership and the right people that could, you know, that I felt like could, you know, show me the right way um, and get me experienced in the outdoors. And, and from there, again, I didn't, I didn't get into this to talk about conservation. I didn't, I didn't think anything about that. I frankly didn't know enough about it. And now, you know, years later, you know, here I am in the middle of this conversation, you know, and, and trying to create more conversations for us in this community. So, I mean, as far as me being unlikely, I'm just a kid from Atlanta that, that found himself from, from pit bulls of bird dogs and, and, you know, funny enough, grew up with horses and, and stuff like that just because of my mom. And I don't, I, to this day, I don't know why she, she made sure that we stayed on them, but it played out, you know, to work out for, for my uh, tenure in the outdoors now. So, you know, I, I, uh, I think that's where I would say lands me in the unlikely spectrum. But what what you got? Yeah, I would say I think this is a good um, just kind of quick segue. I don't I don't I'm gonna derail us too much, but you're unlikely because you didn't see people who look like you doing what you do now, right? Mm-hmm. And I think um, people hear that phrase all the time. But if you don't understand it, I think this is a good opportunity to discuss it. And why representation is important, right? Mm-hmm. So if you if you've had if you've grown up in a life where you can look anywhere on the spectrum of society and in any office and any in any job and any career and anything and see someone that looks like you, it is more likely that you will think that it's something you can do. But if you were growing up as a minority, and this is I'm very, you know, clear when I discuss these type of issues, you know we're always looking for understanding and growth, right? So that's why these conversations have to occur. So this is just an opportunity to understand the importance of representation. So, but it is less likely that when a child grows up and they don't see someone who looks like them doing what they want to do, that they will feel empowered, connected, or even feel like it's something that they can do. So that's what's so exciting about, um, about, Another just another point as to why bringing the unlikely to the outdoors is is just all encompassing because it encompasses, you know, why representation matters. And I think um, one question that Darrell and I get the most as we've been on this journey is people like to ask us, like, so what does diversity, equity and inclusion have to do with the outdoors? Like, what does it have to do with bird dogs? Like, what does it have to do with hunting? Like, what does it have to do with conservation? Why are we even talking about it? And Darrell and I welcome that question, like, because you don't grow without without having questions. And if we don't have good questions, we don't have good answers. So we appreciate and we always encourage, like, if you guys have questions about anything, please email us. You can hit us up on Instagram. Um, well, actually, DMs get, we get a lot of DMs, but you can totally email us and ask us questions because, we want to answer it. But so to answer that question, what does D, E, and I have to do with the outdoors and why is that even important, right? Well, diversity, equity, and inclusion, um, it's important in every space uh, because as we grow 
as human beings, as, as we look towards, you know, people always say, like, you know, make the world a better place, leave it better for those who come behind you. And I think that's an inherent um, desire as, as a human being. Like, you want to things to get better, right? And if we're truly committed to the cause of enhancing humanity, ensuring our survival, and making it better for the humans that come behind us, then we should be interested in the most complex, most whole, most well-thought-out, most well-researched solutions that there are. And at every point in history, every sector of human beings has to face a certain set of problems. And history is written by how those human beings solve the problems or the issues of their time. And now we have a a phenomenal opportunity at this point, at this intersection of humanity at this point in time in history to have more answers. My husband said this at a leadership retreat we were at, that when we leave people out of the table, out of the conversation, we're leaving solutions out of the equation. We want more minds and more people and more energy, the more people we have, the more energized base that we have around the outdoors, and we have more people there to help us protect it and take care of it. We want solutions. We want a united front around, hey, how can we enjoy this and protect it? And while we're out there, because we're all enjoying the same things, the natural thing happens that you can then connect with someone who doesn't look like you. So just as a segue. Well, and that leads us to our uh you know second overarching point of the podcast and as we continue to to go into this venture i want to recognize that there is a need to address the con the uh the the, the conversation about conservation that's a lot to put together it is, it is a, a tongue lot twister. it's a tongue twister. So Uh-uh, because I'm going to get it messed up. <laughs> you ain't going to catch me, man. Um, that there's a need to address conservation and, and, and bringing minorities to that conversation. Again, during the festival, I noticed that when it was just talking, we were just talking about getting outside and, and people enjoying it and the dogs, that, that, was, that was something that was still very approachable and, and people understood that part. And, and but are we ensuring that my, that black and brown people know the full gamut of what it means to be an outdoorsman, what it means to, you know, invest in your public lands and public waters for the sake of conservation? And and this was something that, you know, our buddy Whit Fosberg at, at the Theodore Roosevelt Conservation Partnership, um, this is something that we were talking about, and he says start simple. Let's t- let let's educate, you know, underrepresented groups, minorities, you know, all kinds of unlikely folks. Let's educate folks on one crucial thing before we go down the rabbit hole, and that is where's the money going? Yeah. Simple as that. Why are we getting into the outdoors? And if I'm gonna spend my money on these spaces that we 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 own, you know, as as taxpaying citizens, where's the money going? And I think that is one crucial element that if your grandmama is anything like my grandmama, she want to know where the money going. Yeah. 
and that's important. And and when we talk about getting various, you know, ethnic demographics and, and, and ethnic groups into, you know, these spaces, we need to figure out what motivates people to want to be in these spaces. And one motivating factor is where did these, you know, dollars go? Because, you know, with that, I feel like that's a, a piece of the conversation that's left out. And and what happens is we have to talk about the importance of the North American model of conservation. That is the underpinning thing that we have to get introduced, you know, in our communities and 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 really teaching that. So, in the show notes of this podcast, I, I've I've got you know some things and some information you know listed on that model. But Ashley, like, what is your thoughts on that like what is your your I guess your insights on on creating that conversation in our communities sure and I want to be very clear like we welcome everybody to this conversation like mm-hmm. we are intentional about obviously t- bringing the unlikely to the outdoors as we as we shared and sharing with communities who haven't have, who haven't traditionally been been a part of this conversation but I want to be very clear that this this is the alliance, right? The Minority Outdoor Alliance. We welcome everyone to the table. We want everyone at the table. Because I think sometimes when the word minority is in the name of something, people may not think it's for them also. It's for everyone. So to answer that question, um, where do we where do we start, right? Um, and how do we get people thinking about it? Um, you know, I think it comes with just knowing things that may seem simple to others, but if you're not involved in it, it's not simple to you. Um, And to be honest with you, I think that conceptually people may understand, like, hey, as a taxpaying citizen, I quote-unquote own land and waters, but I don't think they truly understand what that means. And I don't think people truly conceptualize what kind of access you have because of that, right? So I think just opening people's eyes to what's available to them um, to enjoy and explore, I think that's a really good starting point. And I think that is a good starting point. And and we will – what I want to do over the, over the course of the next few episodes – um, is break that down, you know, and really dive into what conservation means in a lot of different fronts. You know, um, we, we've got some wonderful guests coming, you know, after this episode. And what, what I intend on doing um, is, is each episode is breaking down one of the various aspects of the seven pillars of conservation, you know, in their own kinds of specialized episodes and, and really take people kind of in the weeds about it. Um, because that that's something that I think we need to always keep at the forefront of our, of our conversations. I mean, it's one thing to go out and, you know, shoot game and, and take game and, and, and be a part of the landscape, but we have to create a, a, a an alliance of individuals that, you know, 
are leaders for the outdoors. They're stewards for the outdoors. They we 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 have to encourage more people in our communities to take ownership of that. But we have to know what ownership looks like. So in that, in the next few episodes of Our Outside, I want to open up the conversation um, with a number of guests. And those conversations all, like I said, lead to the breaking down and understanding of the seven, seven pillars of the North American model of conservation. So with that, on the next episode of Our Outside, we will continue to dive into the conversation um, about this issue in communities of color for, for, for supporting material from this discussion. Uh, take a look at our show notes and the links and the references, and we will release episodes of Our Outside bi-weekly guests sharing their vast knowledge and experiences advocating for diversity in our active outdoor communities. So subscribe to our podcast and, and visit us at minorityoutdooralliance.org. And while you're there, donate to the Alliance and our initiatives. We again want to thank you for tuning in and helping us to continue bringing the unlikely to the active sporting outdoors. Ashley, you want to close us out with anything? You got anything left? All I got is thank you. Thank you to everyone that's supporting, and we're so excited, and we don't take this responsibility lightly, and um, we're excited. So, thanks.